to another episode of ST Talks. I'm Laura Demmer, your host, and today I'm here with Dakota Cable, ST Genetics Vienna Livestock Manager, and Bob Davis, ST Genetics Fond du Lac Livestock Manager. And today, these two are going to give us a rundown on the flow of livestock and how they work with these bulls to get them into and through the collection process successfully. Before we get started, I just wanted to thank you both for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks for having us, Laura. To start, you both are at separate ST Genetics facilities, but work together very frequently. Can you explain the purpose of each facility that you're at and the flow of livestock through each farm? Dakota, I think we'll just start with you. Yeah. Um, so like Laura said, I manage uh, Vienna South, uh, which is where all the young genomic bulls uh, first enter the ST operations or ST bull program. Um, our main focus there is to obviously grow the bulls um, so they're healthy, um, well-developed, um, and then go through all the testing that is needed um, for each bull to meet CSS, uh, USDA requirements, um, and also for uh, some ST testing that we do as well. Um, we do get calves in that are 30 days old, uh, so they're just little guys still on milk, all the way up to bulls that are 14 uh, 15 months old. So we get a wide range of, uh, of bulls that um, come in there. Um, we work, we highly work on uh, the nutrition of the bulls when they first come in. Um, we all know as, as dairymen that nutrition is, is very important early on in uh, the development of uh, male or female um, in the bovine industry. Um, so we really, we really focus on the, the weight gains, um, the health of the bulls, um, and if we can get those two important things, um, you know, accomplished, this is where we can get our earlier semen production on bulls, uh, quality of semen, um, and just overall bull health, um, moving forward on the bulls, I guess. So, okay. So then the bulls transfer up to Fond du Lac. So Bob, do you want to explain what you do up there? Sure. So once, uh, Dakota's done with them and, and ship the bulls to the Fond du Lac bull stud, um, that's where we start. Um, production and producing um, the product on bulls um, from 12 months of age all the way up to the oldest bull that we've ever collected is 17 years of age. Um, and once once they're up in the Fond du Lac, uh, they just go through multiple different barns based upon their age and are just collected depending on what their plans are that are needed to be fulfilled. Thank you for that, Bob. So both of these facilities work together to provide the best care for the bulls you house. Can one of you just explain how um, that communication channel works and how you do work together to bring the best out in these bulls? Yeah, um, and Bob can chime in here when he's ready. Um, obviously, it's not just me and Bob um, that, right. uh, you know, do this. Um, it's a wide, wide variety of people that help. Um, you know, we work closely with, uh, the vet staff, um, for health testing, um, nutrition, animal health. Um, and, in in my mind, I think the livestock crew that are under me and Bob, uh, play a huge part in it as well. Um, without those guys, uh, we definitely wouldn't be successful, um, and be able to, you know, have the success as a company without the livestock, you know, crew. So that's definitely a huge thing. Um, but for me and Bob, obviously, as managers, um, and, and part of the livestock operations, um, you know, we work closely with each other to 
Um, maybe talk about nutrition things like, Hey, Bob, you know, what, uh, what, what are you seeing with these bulls that are coming to you when they're two years old? Um, do we need to change something here at Vienna cell? Um, and that includes, you know, sourcing out, um, you know, high quality hay for, uh, feed, um, maybe straw, uh, maybe talk about minerals or additives that maybe we can try on some bulls at, you know, here at Vienna South to help the bulls, uh, once they venture up to, uh, Fond du Lac. Um, so I think that communication between me and Bob, um, you know, helps, helps everyone else, but then the crews also help us be successful, you know, in the end. Um, I don't, Bob, you got anything? No, Dakota touched on quite a bit of it. And, and I agree a hundred percent with everything that he did say. I think a big factor in the care, uh, for all of these animals is our staff that is, that works underneath of us without them, Dakota and I are not successful at all. Um, they, they play a very big role and just keeping eyes on the bulls as they're working in the barns and noticing, you know, whether the bull is not eating or is walking different or anything like that. Um, and then, you know, obviously working with our vet staff to get these bulls as healthy as we can keep them. Um, and then two is just even working with, uh, like in Fond du Lac, uh, we produce all of our own forage up there. So it's just working with the custom guy that, that does all that so that we can try to put up the best quality feed that we can uh, to keep these bulls healthy and, and producing the best quality product that we possibly can. I think one more thing I'd like to maybe touch on too is, you know, Bob's been in the industry for a while. So he's, he's definitely have, has seen a lot of things and has a lot worked a lot of bulls, but just being able for me to maybe bounce ideas off on some of these uh, bulls that are, or maybe just not willing to go up right away, um, you know, and just pick his brain on that. Um, and, you know, Bob will say, Hey, try this. Why don't you try this or vice versa with us being able to collect these bulls, uh, you know, first go up to final act and give Bob just a heads up. Hey, this bull is maybe a little bit slow worker, you know, and stuff like that. So communication uh, so that semen production on bulls can keep, keep obviously flowing is, is just as important as, you know, health of the animal. So Definitely. And very good points from you both. And I think one um, theme across many of these podcasts that we have is the teamwork and the teams that we have in place throughout the divisions of ST um, really shine through and is what makes ST Genetics um, as successful as it is. Yeah, totally agree. So Dakota, um, you kind of started to touch on this, but um, Vienna, you guys get the bulls first. Can you walk us through how most of the bulls come to your facility? Um, I know you, I mean, obviously you get a wide range of age, but um, more like more of a common story for you, I guess. And um, when you start the collection process with these young bulls, I guess, what kind of signs are you looking for before you start that jumping process? What, uh, how do you take these bulls and make them successful? Yeah. So like I stated before, um, this is kind of the, the first stopping point uh, for bulls to enter the ST bull program or ST uh, bull operation. Um, so we get a wide variety of bulls. Um, we get bulls from our Ohio Heifer Center, uh, which is an internal source uh, of bulls that we can get. Um, we, we get bulls through the IVF slash uh, ET program, um, natural, you know, bred uh, maybe high cows that, that throw calves out. So we do get that. Um, and then also too, all of our third party, uh, people that we work with, um, you know, there's some, some really good, uh, breeders out there and stuff like that. So we definitely take advantage of, of getting bulls into ST's bull program or operations to help 
uh, propel us uh, in the genetics of the bovine, uh, you know, industry. Um, to the point of, of collecting bulls, obviously there's, there's many factors uh, going into collecting a bull at a young age. Um, obviously bulls mature at different ages, uh, different sizes. Um, so it's not a, a, one, a one process fits all type deal. Um, and before we can even do any of that, we have to make sure all of these bulls are up to, up to uh, basically the testing requirements that CSS has set into, set into place for us. Um, and also some testing that ST has. Um, so that, that's the first step is to get all these bulls CSS tested. Um, then we're able to maybe start taking a look at bulls um, by walking the pens, um, seeing just kind of how their testosterone level is. Um, you know, are they kind of maybe horsing around here a little bit with pen mates? Um, you know, squirrel size plays a huge part into it too. Um, so we, we look for things like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, young bulls, they'll, they'll let you know when they're ready. Um, and we never want to push a bull from an animal welfare standpoint if he's not ready, right? So we're, we're always trying to keep the bull's health in mind. Um, and there's many steps to before a bull even hits an AV at a young age um, that, we, that we go through and look for so that we don't hurt or damage the bull um, so he does have a longevity, um, you know, through his career. Um, so like I stated before, you know, bulls may be kind of horsing around in a pen, um, just their testosterone level, overall health, um, which kind of relates back to uh, the whole nutrition side of it. The sooner we can get good nutrition in them, um, that helps the, the earlier maybe semen collection or just even the quality and production of the animal at a young age. So like we've, you've stated this before, um, and you know, it's kind of common knowledge in, in our program that um, at ST Genetics, we really work to collect on some young, exciting bulls as soon as we can um, to get their genetics into play. Um, we really try to push the envelope um, when it comes to our genetics. So what has been the youngest or biggest success you've had with a successful collection on a young bull? Yeah. So like I stated before, um, you know, as long as the bull is done with CSS testing requirements, um, you know, that's, that's the huge thing. So if we can get a bull done with his CSS testing requirements at uh, eight months of age, um, and that bull is, is showing interest and stuff like that. Um, yes, we will try that bull uh, if he's ready. Um, so I would say, you know, if we can, if we can, what we're trying to achieve is to shorten that generation interval. Uh, and the reason that that's pretty important is, is with the way genomics are, you know, bulls are, you know, maybe uh, have a good, say, slot of sales um, at, for only maybe a year or two, right? So if we can shorten that generation interval up to be the next siren father uh, for bulls in our program, that, that's the main goal uh, that we're trying to achieve at Vienna South. Right. From a production standpoint, that solely kind of relies on Bob's, uh, you know, Bob's facility and what Bob does. Uh -huh. We here at Vienna South are more just on the internal side of it and also to just get a baseline uh, of where these young bulls are at and just kind of see, you know, can we push these bulls a little bit more? Do they need a little bit of time? Um, so I would say, you know, that eight to 10 months of age, um, if we can shoot for that, that's, you know, that's huge for, uh, for the breed. Uh, and also for internally into our uh, program. Definitely. So now, Bob, you received the bulls in Fond du Lac once they have passed through Vienna's program. Obviously, they are a bit older um, and have some training through Dakota's program, but I'm sure they are coming to ST Fond du Lac and, you know, it's a new environment. 
Um, how do you go about settling these bulls in and getting them into a collection schedule? Yeah. So once I received the bulls uh, from Dakota, um, a majority of those bulls have already been worked with from a collection process and have been handled, which makes it a lot easier on us in Fond du Lac working with them. But when we receive them in Fond du Lac, um, we just have their pens ready, get them in there, um, try to not house them next to uh, a bull that's a little bit on the aggressive side um, so that he kind of has a calm area around him and fully relax once he gets introduced to the Fond du Lac area. Um, we try to keep them as close to the collection area as possible um, from a pen standpoint so that they're not having to walk a long distance um, and can get familiarized with just how the, everything works on a day-to-day -day operation in Fond du Lac. Um, and then we just bring them into the collection area when, when their time is ready um, and just work with them um, how we do things, maybe a little bit different in, in the Fond du Lac area than, than what we do down here at Vienna. Um, and uh, yeah, just work with them every day and, and try to get them familiarized with our staff and, and um, just how everything works in Fond du Lac. So how do you, Bob, set a collection schedule for the bulls at your facility? I know there's a lot of input um, put into that schedule, but overall, how do you kind of get these bulls into a schedule? Yeah, so it, again, depends on what their um, production plans are. Um, every bull is going to be different from a production standpoint, and, and based on that, uh, that's how I schedule them and, and work with some of the staff in uh, Navasota, Texas, to work out that schedule. Um, if a bull is a, a big volume and um, producer, then um, we base it on that and maybe bump him to three days a week. Um, if he's not a big volume producer, he, he gets collected two days a week. Um, and then two is just based on that production plan. If it's a, if it's a big production plan, uh, we'll we'll try to maximize as much product out of that bull as we can just to get him in and out of the collection ring um, so that we're not having to try and collect him over, let's say, a six-month period. If we can reduce that down to a three-month period um, because the bull can handle it, we will. So um, you both have kind of said this earlier, but, you know, each bull is different. It's not a one-trick fits-all. Um, can you both share how you individualize the care and collection process for these bulls and maybe like the most interesting experiences you've had while working at Vienna and Fond du Lac? Yeah, so at Vienna South, um, like Bob stated, it's, it's just a, a little bit different from a housing standpoint. Um, we here have uh, some group pens. Um, so if we know we're going to start collecting a young bull, we'll maybe try to find a pen that we can uh, house them individually. Um, try to get that separation uh, and try to get that uh, testosterone uh, built up a little bit um, so that maybe when he does get in by a mount, um, he's willing to uh, start jumping um, and playing around, uh, you know, with him that way. Um, we, you know, we, we use different mounts, um, you know, some bulls like, uh, you know, Angus, uh, steers, some like, uh, you know, Angus or, uh, Jersey, uh, Jersey steers. Um, so not every bull is, is obviously the same. So it's just kind of like, what's this bull. We got to figure out this bull, what, what he likes, what he doesn't like. Does he like moving? Um, does he like walking, um, in circles? Does he like standing? Um, you know, so there's a wide variety of things, um, that we kind of, 
we kind of use, um, and not every bull is going to use, uh, you know, the same thing. So it, it makes it a challenge, which, which personally I think is kind of the, the fun part of it. Right. Um, you know, once you get that bull figured out, it's like, okay, you know what to do. And that bull is going to get worked up and get excited. Um, and that to me, that's, that's kind of the challenge and the rewarding part. Once, uh, once you're able to get that bull figured out in that sense of how, how are we going to get this bull to hit the AB? So, right. Um, most interesting, um, I would probably, I mean, I haven't been around as long as Bob has, so, um, you know, but, uh, I would say to be honest, just blindfolding a bull covering the one eye. Um, so that bull, when he goes up, isn't shy when you go to try to maybe false him or put an AV on him. Um, to me that that's kind of a, a cool, cool little thing, uh, that we've done. Um, yeah. not every bull needs it. Um, but majority of the young ones do. So to me, that that's probably the coolest thing. Uh, like I said, Bob's probably going to have a lot cooler stories than I am. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting because it's each bull has a different personality. Um, you learn that as you work with the bulls. Um, I enjoy that probably the most out of anything that I do is just getting to learn the bulls and and know who they are, what they like. Um, and the only way you're going to do that is experiment different things. You got to let your mind wander every direction that it can possibly wander. Otherwise you're never going to figure out what like what that bull likes. Um, yes, a bull, a bull will come into a collection ring. And, and once he understands what the collection ring is all about, um, they almost get trained to just jump and, and serve the AV. Um, and yeah, you're going to get product, but you're not maximizing the production off of that bull because he might not be, fully worked up to the capability that he can possibly be worked up to, um, to maximize that semen production. So in order to do that, it's just learning that bull and, and what he likes, like Dakota touched on, does he like teaser being walked around, moved around? Um, maybe another bull is in his comfort zone. Um, and, and he doesn't like that. So to kind of show a dominance trait, you know, that might get him more excited. There's a, there's a bunch of different things that can go into it. Um, and some of the some of the most interesting things and stuff that I've done with I've I've been doing this for I don't know 17 years I think um, and I've been all over the the world doing it. Um, one of the most interesting ones that I've ever been a part of and and got to got to work with was uh, a bull with a different company that I used to be with, and that bull would only work it was the collection area. Um, was actually connected to the laboratory and it was all glass windows and you could see into the laboratory. And when we would bring this bull in to work him, all of the women or the men with that had long hair actually had to leave the laboratory because that bull <laughs> would stand at the window and scream and not do a thing until he couldn't see them. Uh, so once, once they left the area, completely different bully worked great, but it was just the knowledge that that bull had in recognizing somebody with long hair and why he didn't care for a person with long hair. No idea. I didn't, I didn't get to spend my whole career with that bull. Um, it was towards the end of his career. So something must've triggered him at a younger age that he didn't like long hair. And so it's just different things like that. And, and you learn that as you work with them. And, you know, that just took whoever, whoever figured that out, what made them figure that out. I don't know. I never did get the story on that to realize, you know, all of a sudden he stops working while it will hear it ended up being long haired people. He didn't care for. 
Yeah, I'd definitely say that that's uh, definitely an interesting one for sure. (laughs) So do either of you see um, differences when it comes from breed to breed? I mean, obviously, we have an array of sires at both of your um, facilities, but um, do either of you see maybe breeds starting to jump sooner or, you know, their collection process takes longer? I guess I'm just wondering what you see from different breeds at your facilities. I don't know if there's a breed that I would say jumps sooner than any other breed. It just depends on their um, their personality and, and who they are. Um, from, a, from a working standpoint, I would say your beef breeds are a lot slower and you got to put a lot more effort into getting the beef breeds to work and mount. Um, Dakota might have a different experience. He works with a lot of the younger ones and, and gets to get them going right from the get-go. So he might have a different opinion, <laughs> but that's what I see. Um, I would agree with Bob. Yeah, beef bulls are, especially young beef bulls, um, they seem to take a little bit slower. Um, but I think from a, a young a young sire standpoint, um, just from my personal experiences, I would say the jerseys, libido and testosterone and maturity uh, as an animal is a lot sooner than what a Holstein uh, bull is. Um, so we, we're starting to notice or notice that um, a lot of them jerseys uh, get a little bit more sassier a lot sooner than what the Holsteins are. Not that you want to correlate sassiness with semen production, but it, it has something to do with the t- testosterone in the body is obviously triggering that. So, um, so we have noticed that, you know, them Jersey bulls seem to want to jump uh, and make semen um, a little bit sooner, um, a little bit uh, faster, I guess, from that standpoint. Um, but you know, you do get Holsteins in that are a couple months, uh, younger than a, a Jersey and they're not too far behind. So, um, I, I think it all depends on the libido of the bulls, um, testosterone, you know, kind of what, just how that bull is, is made up, you know, some bulls, uh, young bulls, um, you can tell from day one, man, we're not going to have a problem. Some bulls stay back, you know, are real timid. Those are the ones that we know that we got to put a little bit of time into. So, um, it, it all depends. Yeah. So what would you both say is the biggest challenge in getting bulls collected successfully in the respective stages you both work in through the bull's life? I would say for me, um, the biggest thing is, is getting, figuring out kind of like we, we said before, figuring out what the bull likes, uh, how do we get this bull worked up? Um, you know, and, and it can be frustrating sometimes, um, because you'll come in in the morning and the bulls will be messing around and you're like, oh, this is going to be easy. And you get them, you know, individually with a mount and he just shuts right off. So how, how do we get that bull's mindset to get to like he was in his pen, you know, an hour or two before that? Um, so to be able to figure out that bull and what makes him tick, uh, I think is the biggest challenge, but also the most rewarding at the end. Um, it's for Vienna South Bulls. Yeah, it's it's the same for Fond du Lac. I mean, it just depends on it's it's trying to figure that bull out, and and sometimes that can take quite a while. And and you know, I can reach out to Dakota and say, hey, you know, did you guys struggle with such and such bull? No, he worked like a rock star for us. So then it's it's just something up in Fond du Lac that may have triggered him that he doesn't necessarily like. So we got to try and figure that out. Um, two is it 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 truly does depend. Every bull is different. You know, he might like a different AV. He might like the person that's working him um, versus the person that is standing somewhere else. Um, they're, they're a very picky animal. Uh, an AV can make the difference in the world. A teaser can make a difference in the world. And then to his, 
the guy collecting and also the guy working the bull uh, can all make a huge difference in how that bull acts and getting him actually collected. Um, you can have a bull that'll stand there and not do a certain thing. And then, you know, some guy might be doing it for 30 minutes and he says, this is frustrating. I can't get this bull to jump. And the next guy comes walk on and says, well, let me try him. And within five minutes, you might have the bull collected. And it might just be the noise that he makes or just the way that that person looks, you know, bulls have a, a pretty good memory. They remember everything that's ever happened to them. And unfortunately, sometimes it might, might not be good for a person if it was, uh, if it's somebody that that bull didn't like and resembles that person that it just takes a little things to set them off. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a, a good example is, uh, I called Bob once, um, and it was coming up on uh, December here and, uh, actually the bull was aristocrat and I was working this bull for two months straight. This bull was just, it was frustrating. I mean, it was two three hours a day. I was working with this bull, try to get him to collect. Um, and I was to the point where I just, I needed to walk away, right? I didn't want to give up, but I just needed to walk away, fresh breath of air, whatever. So I call Bob and he gives me some of my things and we try it and nothing worked. And, and, uh, Bob was actually coming down to, uh, DeForest, uh, to pick some stuff up. And he says, ah, I said, I'm going to leave a couple hours earlier. He says, I'm going to come down and work this, you know, see what's going on. So I said, all right. So I got them all set up and stuff. And, uh, Bob said, I'm like, Hey, you need some help. He's like, no, he's like, just leave me here. I'll, I'll figure this out and whatever. Uh, 15 minutes later, I get a picture on my phone and here Bob collected the bull, right? So <laughs> what, I don't know what it was, right? And I just, I mean, it was two months of pretty much every day for a couple hours trying to work this bull, but it was just something different, something, you know, maybe I was doing the same exact steps over and over thinking I was going to get, you know, him to jump and my, maybe Bob switched it up and did step one and then three instead of one, two, three, you know what right. I'm saying? So like instances like that, that's, you know, it just takes sometimes a different person, uh, different set of eyes, um, you know, to, to get a bull to jump. And, you know, now aristocrat, uh, he was making semen and, you know, when, after Bob left at Vienna for a while, and then he went up by Bob. So, so things like that, that, that's kind of how, you know, it all ties together. Biggest thing in collecting, collecting bulls, Laura, is you have to have a very open mind. And, and if you've got an open mind and are willing to do a lot of different things that you normally wouldn't do on a regular basis, you can be pretty successful at, at getting a bull worked and collected. Yes. And I think that that uh, advice could stand true throughout a numerous amount of different careers as well. So which bull for each of you has been the easiest or most prolific sire you've been able to work with? Oh, man. Um, easiest bull that that I've worked with uh, during my ST career, I would probably have to have to bring up Rubicon. Um, he's been one of the easiest bulls that I've that I've worked with. Yeah. Um, prolific. Um, Rubicon's on there. Uh, bull by the name of Megasire's on there. Um, and then yeah. also even even the Captain Bull as well. How about you, Dakota? Um, yeah, I would say. Uh... Mine's, I don't get to see the bulls when they maybe get a proof or a little bit older, right? So I see a wide variety of young genomic bulls uh, come through. So there's, you know, to me, the satisfaction and, and stuff like that is going up to Fond du Lac and walking the barns with Bob uh, and seeing all these bulls that maybe I've collected at, at early ages um, for the internal side of things uh, and seeing them stand in Fond du Lac as, you know, three, four, five-year-old bulls. Um, so for me, that's, you know, that, that's kind of the rewarding thing. Um, 
you know, we always got to put the fan favorite uh, captain in there. Um, you know, he, he's definitely changed and has an, has had an impact, uh, you know, on the breed. So um, bulls like that um, to me are, are pretty special and, and we go uh, way back, uh, me and captain do. So pretty cool. Yes. Well, I'm glad to hear you both say captain. Obviously he means a little bit to me as well. And, um, you know, Dakota, you have a great picture of captain when he was at uh, your your facility and just um yeah i'm glad that he's on your list <laughs> so to end on a fun note my final question for both of you is who has been the most memorable bull you have each been able to work with um even if it is the same answers you just gave me <laughs> uh for me laura um most memorable bull that i've worked with in my st career again is rubicon um and the reason why I say Rubicon is him and I both came to ST pretty much at the same time. Yeah. Um, nine years ago in September, I joined the ST team. And at the end of September, nine years ago, Rubicon joined the ST team. Um, and uh, so for him to be who he is today and be one of the first big time bulls to walk into ST when I walked into ST and, and watching him grow over the last nine years and, become the number one ranked bull um, from a proven TPI standpoint. And that's just something special. Um, not a lot of people get to experience stuff like that. Um, so he's, he's a pretty, uh, a pretty famous, well-known bull in the, in the Fond du Lac um, bull stud. And it was, it was pretty cool to watch him grow and still grow as he's still walking around and will be uh, 10 years old here in a couple months and extremely, extremely friendly and laid back. He is. He is. That's awesome. And how about you, Dakota? Yeah, I would, um, I'm probably going to have to go with captain. Um, kind of like you said, Laura there, uh, me and captain, we've, we've gone way back. Um, we've been through a lot together here while he was at Vienna South. Um, you know, we've had success, um, you know, all the way through and he's still having success. Um, and just the influence he's had on our internal program, uh, being a fire or siring father, um, but also in the breed and in itself, um, you know, and we've also been on Holstein international together. Um, so there's you know, me and captain are, have been all over the world. I kind of say he's my traveling buddy. Um, so that to me, that that's kind of one of the, the coolest things, uh, that sticks with me and, and I hope it, it stays that way and I can, Tell my kids maybe when they get a little older that me and Captain here traveled the world together uh, via magazine and, and stuff like that. So, um, but you know, to get bulls like that, it, it takes uh, you know a lot of people and a lot of uh, cooperation and success and stuff like that to get a bull like that. A captain does not come through the door every day, so um, it's pretty special when you do be able to get a part of that. Um, no matter what part you were part of, it, it's pretty cool to hang your hat on that at the end of the day. Definitely. Well, thank you both for joining us today and for sharing your immense amount of knowledge and passion and experience on bull handling um, for ST Genetics. Thanks, Laura. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. This was another episode of ST Talks. If you like what you heard, you can find more episodes on your favorite podcast platform by searching ST Talks or ST Genetics. And if you want to learn more about ST Genetics, visit our website at stgen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.